Good afternoon. It is Friday, July 27th, 2012, a very, very muggy day in Florida. And my guest today is Stephanie Staples. And Stephanie is the author of an intriguing book called When Enlightening Strikes. And I love, love, love the title of this book, Stephanie. So welcome to the Executive Girlfriends Group. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Stephanie? Well, my background is in nursing, so always sort of had that desire to help people. And um, more recently, I have ventured into the coaching, speaking, retreat leading, and writing venue. And I have just found, you know, people think it's so different from when I was nursing. It's not, actually. It's, it's helping people just in a different way, and it's just a, a perfect fit, and I love every minute of it. Well, tell us a little bit about how you became an author, because uh, I know from from personal experience that uh, it can be daunting, uh, or some people think it, it actually. How hard can that be? You know, I've got all these books in my head, and, and I'm just going to write them. So tell us your story. For most, you know, for many people, some people would never entertain the thought of writing a book, and that's fine. But many people have had a book in their head for five, ten, or however many years, and. I'm going to write that one day. And that's sort of how I was. I, probably about five years this book has been in my head. And so I would like to share with your listeners how I actually got this out because it, it was brilliant. And I would, if, if, you really, if you're serious about wanting to write a book, this, is, this will get it out uh, from your head onto the page. So I connected with a group of couple, a couple other people who kind of had the same issue, the same problem, and it's not hard to find people like that. Um, and we, we, did, we held a coaching group. Once a week we met on the phone and we held each other accountable and we read each other's chapters and we, we um, set, uh, set goals of what we wanted to do by each week and we, had a, we started in July and the goal was to be done by the end of the year, the end of December. And, and we were. It was, a, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of commitment, not only for our writing part but also for editing the other two people in our group. But I am convinced that this would not have happened if I didn't have my writing partner. So I highly, highly recommend... Um, a mastermind group of some sort if you're thinking about writing a book. Wow. Well, that is really, really great advice. Now, uh, your first uh, section of the book, and, you, and you've got it actually broken into three different parts. Part one uh, are the confessions of a motivational speaker. So mm-hmm. tell me it, uh, tell me a little bit about the structure of the book, and, and is it uh, basically based on your own experience, or, or are these the experiences of others that you've interviewed or just observed? Tell our listeners a little bit about that. Well, this is basically my story, and uh, how it's broken down is the first section is Confessions of a Motivational Speaker. So it kind of starts where I am now, which is, you know, if you look from the in- outside looking in, I look very successful. I seem like I have it all. Um, it's, it's, I seem very together and organized. Like people looking in think I have the perfect world, which is interesting, right? Because <laughs> sometimes we think that about other people, that everything looks so simple, just like those Olympic athletes. look so simple when they're doing it, um, but it's not, of course. We know it's not. So what I thought I would do is give people kind of a behind-the-scenes look at, at, a mo- at a motivational speaker and what makes a motivational speaker. And if people that I went to school with, you know, knew I was doing this now, they would not believe it because I was so far from this then. I was just such a different person with very low self-esteem and low self-confidence and picked last for every sport in school and just not the person that would be your typical, you know, class president and most popular and, you know, what you might typically equate with a 
a successful motivational speaker. So I really give people a look into the to the back end and how um, not terrible things were, but 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 challenging. And and then it's the enlight the first enlightening strike starts when I kind of have my 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 big beyond the aha. I think aha is nice, but a lot of people have an aha, then they don't do anything about it. My <laughs> idea of an enlightening strike is this when you go aha, but then you actually change, right? Too many people go aha and then don't do anything different. I want the aha, then I want to change. So I had a big aha, and it led me to realize that just because this is who I was didn't mean it's the person that I have to be and that I could create person that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. I could create a person that I was proud of. I could create a person who was worthy and deserving of, of great things and, and success in all different areas of life. And, and I could create that. And so that's what I began to do. So the second section um, is called The Reinvention Begins. And it kind of chronicles um, stories, short stories. It's a really, it's a really quick, um, really quick fun read. People say they laugh, people say they cry, and, and most mm-hmm. importantly, they learn. Because um, I illustrate moments in life that all of us have, um, and most of us just kind of let go. But these certain moments for me were, again, enlightening strikes, and then I did something different as a result of them. And that's what I want people to see, that it, even though this is my story, I want you to see your story in there, and right. then so you start to recognize when those moments happen to you or similar moments oh, that, maybe this is one of those enlightening strikes moments, and what right. could I do from this? What could I, how could I turn this around? How could I see opportunity from this obstacle? And that's what I want to share with people is how to do that. And then the last... Well, I, I think that in the, you know, that, that really, really strikes home, uh, Stephanie, because um, just even the, the chapter names in Part 1 uh, in the Confessions of a Motivational Speaker, and, and they're both poignant, and intriguing at the same time. And you described the first one, which is really your happiness check. And uh, the second one is, it sucks to be plain. Uh, The next one uh, is more intriguing because I I don't know what's behind it, of educate this. Uh, The next one is, home is where the hurt is. And then the next one is, and so he came to pass. So one of the things I love about your book is, is, and one of the things I do when I go into a bookstore, because I do so many interviews and, and, you know, tend to focus on on how people have their book structured, that's the first thing I look at is the table of contents. And I just, I love your chapter names. And I don't know whether that was your mastermind group that did it or whether that was all you, but um, I, I really, really love how you've approached your book. Thanks. Well, you know what? I think mostly it was mostly me, but the mastermind really helped in the tweaking, in the tweaking of things. So they didn't change the structure of my book or how I wanted to do it, but they they took what I had and made it even better. And that's the power of of positive people, right? Right. So talk to us about the reinvention. Well, the reinvention talks about again different things that have happened that make me made me realize um, different things in my life. So, so for example. Where I live up in Canada, the winters can get very cold. And on this one certain day, I was driving a colleague to a meeting, left a, came back after the meeting, and I had, my, my battery was dead. So I was like, oh, my gosh, my battery's dead. And so go into the building. Uh, this good Samaritan says, oh, I'll start your car for you. So he comes to go boost my car. And while me and my friend are sitting in this nice, you know, warm car, he's out in the cold doing this for us, which is so nice. So I'm digging through my purse looking for some money to give him. And I find um, a 20. All I had is a 20. I was like, oh, a 20 is a little bit much. You know, I didn't really want to give him a 20. So 
but I didn't have anything else. And I thought, well, he probably won't take it anyways, right? So I go out, he's done, and I say, oh, well, thank you so much. You really helped me out, and I offer him this 20. And he says, oh, no, no, that's okay. And I said, no, no, take it, I insist. And uh, so he did. And when he took it, it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he took the money. And I went back and told my friend. She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he took the money. Like, that totally seemed to take the whole niceness right out of the situation. So, you know, that made me feel one way. But when, boom, enlightening struck, I thought, oh, my God, I was so insincere. Like, I did not want him to take that money at all. And I was the one that was wrong. Why did I offer it if I didn't even want him to take it? It made me think about different things in my life that I do with maybe a level of unsincerity that I had never thought about before. For example, have you ever, you're going to a party and you said, oh, well, what can I bring? But you really don't want to bring anything. You just want to show up. You know, <laughs> then they tell you what to bring. You're like, oh, my God, now I have to bring that. So, or you invite people and you didn't even really want to invite those, or whatever, like things that we've done, you know, not even thinking about them, but it really made me reexamine sincerity in my life and made me speak from a more of a place of integrity. So that one incident that could have been like, meh, you know, this guy. Um, no, I mean, he did me a favor. I offered him money. He said no. I insisted. He took it. And then I got mad. Like, who am I? <laughs> so that's an example. I mean, I can I can tell you more, but I don't know how much time we have. So. Well, we oh, we still have plenty of time. And um, and again, uh, I'm just going to throw out some of the title names because uh, a lot of times our our listeners are are out running or or they're uh, they're uh, driving and and don't sure. have the ability to to take a look at your book online. Um, so some of the titles are: it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And and I think that one. Uh, you know, is exactly what you said. If people have that aha moment, but if they don't do anything about it, there is never a win. It's all about action. You know, we can read all the motivational books we want. We can attend all the seminars. We can listen to CDs in the car. Um, we can do all that we want. But if at the end of the day we don't take action, we don't do something different, we're going to get exactly the same. So we may as well have been watching sitcoms. So if you're going to bother to do it, you know, pick up this book. I want you to laugh. I want you to cry. I want you to have fun with it. That's why there's cartoons in it. You know, I want you to enjoy it. But at the end of the day, when you close that book, I want you to do something different. I want you to think about something different. I want you to feel different. And that's, I think, what makes this book, you know, important. Well, one of the things that that brought us together is actually we I was had put out a request uh, for. Uh, authors to interview on my other show that I do on Friday mornings, which is called Uncommon Giving. And you had actually sent in uh, a pitch, or you or your PR people had sent in a pitch for that. And uh, tell us about the program, uh, Bracelets Change, uh, because I know that with every copy of your book that is sold, um, you help uh, support charitable causes. And and this is a cause that is near and dear to your heart uh, as a result of something that happened with your oldest daughter. Yes, and I think that that is a responsibility that we have that um, you as the listeners have as well. When you're doing well, you know, nobody is doing well by themselves. Somebody helped them, somebody helped me, somebody helped us get to where we're we are, and someone is going to help us get to the next level. And so I think it's part of our responsibility to give back, however you know, you choose to do that. And I've, you know, I've been lucky to find many different ways to do that. One of the best things I did with this book was I committed to um, giving a part of the proceeds to charity. And so I think it was uh, quite brilliant, too. I didn't commit to a specific charity. 
which is great because when I speak, like I can speak in, you know, internationally. And so, for example, when I spoke to the nephrology nurses, I donated part of the proceeds to the Kidney Foundation, you know, a cause that was important to them. You know, and so I can, I can channel where, I, where the money goes depending on which group I'm speaking to. So I think that's really special. But one of the things when I do when I'm speaking is I have bracelets from El Salvador. And I put them at the back of the room, and I tell people, it's a take what you want, pay what you want. So I don't count how many I have. I don't check to see, you know, how much people paid per bracelet. I, I don't know. I can't say I don't care because I want them to pay a lot. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, if they put in a quarter, right. they put in a quarter. If they put in a 20, they put in a 20. But I have the, the jewelry at the back. All 100% of the money all goes back to this teeny tiny village in El Salvador that my daughter and I um, had the privilege of of doing some humanitarian work in a couple of years ago. And what I learned about that trip, you know, we thought we were going down there for two weeks to help them build a bridge and do good and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my head it was kind of all about me, right? Here I'm going to do this good work. And I really wasn't even going, honestly, with a happy heart. I was thinking, man, it's going to cost, you know, 5000 bucks. we could go on an all-inclusive vacation. I just did not have a good mindset about it. And uh, what I learned when I was down there was that it's not about building a bridge. You know, they don't need us to move their rocks, and they have people to do that. What they need is that connection with somebody who cares about them. Like, they just couldn't believe these people from Canada had come down and, and you know, were, were, were helping them and playing with their kids, and it didn't matter that we couldn't speak their language because love and laughter is the same in every language. And what I learned was it wasn't about those two weeks that I spent down there. It was about what I did with the information I learned when I got home. And what I realized was I could help these villagers in this little forgotten village where nobody knows their name, they don't have electricity, nothing, um, the saddest thing I've probably ever seen. Um, I could just go home and that would be that. Or I could buy these bracelets and sell them at the back of the room when I'm doing my speaking engagements and send all that money back to them and, and keep helping them um, to grow. So, you know, we can all do something. I'm, I'm never saying do that. Don't right. do what I do. Just take that concept. Twist it, turn it, make it your own, and uh, and and then apply it. Well, the interesting thing, and in, in the earlier interview that I did, it was actually with the head of a, a PR and marketing agency, and and he uh, uh, several times a year, well, actually uh, once a year, he puts out uh, a request, and uh, because he gets so much uh, pro bono, pro so many, excuse me. So let me start that over again. He gets so many pro bono requests that that he actually formalized it and uh, ends up, uh, you know, giving away work, but doing it as if it were paid work and and giving the client a a bill. Uh, I'm sorry, a statement versus a bill for the work and and you know so that they'll value what what's given to them. And I, I think the interesting thing is that with philanthropy and any kind of giving. <clears throat> there are so many different ways that it can be done, and it can be your your time or your talents or your mm-hmm. treasures, uh, or even to, just your ideas. Huge. Those. I think people think right. it has to be something big. You know what? Little things matter. Little things matter, and little things inspire other people to do little things. And little things turn into big things. Right. So just start doing something. Just something. Well, they do. They do. So let's let's uh, get back to the book. There there are a couple of others that that I think, uh, and I don't know whether these are illustrative or whether they're 
their uh, uh, actual, uh, you know, pieces from your life, and and one of them has to do uh, with with mothers, and and it says the worst mother in the world, and I don't know whether is this is you thought you were the worst mother or you had the worst mother, and I think no, no, we've all no, been in be both me. places. No, I had a great mother. <laughs> Have a great mother. Um, no, it was totally me, and um, this is actually. The story, I I usually started a lot of my presentations with with this story because it really hammers home. I think everybody has felt like that at one time or another. And what had happened was I was working a lot. I was kind of being everything to everybody. I was just doing and three little kids and just going crazy like most uh, young young parents are. And um, this one night my husband was working evenings and, and I was really tired and I put all the kids to bed. And I went and slept in the basement because we lived in a two-story side-by-side. It didn't have any air conditioning. Well, I, I fell asleep in the basement, and and I I didn't wake up. I didn't wake up till my husband, like, shook me awake, like, four hours later. And what I didn't know is that after I had fallen asleep, uh, my kids woke up. One by one, each kid woke up calling for me. And I could I just didn't hear them. And they were looking for me and crying, and nope, I wasn't, I wasn't available. I was sleeping in the basement, and my neighbors heard. So my neighbors came over, and they were new neighbors. Oh they were new neighbors, and they were recent immigrants from Poland, so they didn't speak much English. So the mother, the father, the teenage daughter, the teenage son came over. They brought their dogs uh, so they wouldn't scare the kids. And three hours, they played with my kids So my husband got oh my. And uh, when my husband woke me up and told me, like, Stephanie, do you know what's been going on in this house? I had no idea. And you can imagine, as a, I know you're a mom, so I can I know, know, can imagine how I felt. Just absolutely devastated. How could I let this happen? Well, what happened was the next day um, I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with pneumonia. So I had just worked myself into literally exhaustion and I just shut down. And so this, you know, if I'm talking about wellness, self-care, um, right. You know, personal growth. Like, it's just you know, we think we don't have time to look after ourselves. We think you know, we everybody needs us, and you know, it's like everything that mattered to me most could have been lost because I was so self-absorbed with this. You know, I had that cape on that I can do it all, and I don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. And so I think that story just really illustrates. You know, we must, even if it's not a week at the spa. Like you know, every day we must. And we can, and, and I'll show you some ways to do it. Take a little bit of time for ourselves so that we're not um, running on empty and beyond. And we're also, you know, how, what, how good of an example are we setting for our kids? Oh, this is normal for moms to not eat breakfast, and this is normal for moms to not take care of themselves. And, no, this no. is not normal. This is not how normal no. should be, right? We have to set a good example, and if we won't do it for us, let's do it for our kids. Exactly, exactly. Well, and I say that having gotten to bed at 3 o'clock this morning and woke up, and I couldn't sleep at 6.30, so I went ahead and got up. And my daughter was just here a few minutes ago, and she's like, Mommy, you've got to go take a nap. I said, I've got a radio See? show in 20 minutes. See, she's like, there you I know. go. Like the whole she world said, revolves just... around me, and it will collapse if I step <laughs> out for a minute or two. <laughs> right? So, yes, we've all felt like the worst mother in the world, and um, there are ways around it, right? There are bits easy to always use those excuses. I don't have time, I don't have energy, I don't have motivation, I don't have, you know, all this stuff right. to take care of myself, but I really want to break it down into small manageable bites for people and say, you know what, let's look in the mirror. If we can find, you know, doctors and, and Oprah can find time to do like, you can find time, you know, we can find some time. 
Absolutely. And I have to tell tell our listeners the other thing that so intrigued me about you, Stephanie, because I, I do a bit of research because we, we typically get oh somewhere between three and 400 uh, speaker requests when we put out a, a, a request for, for show guests. And uh, but I looked at your site, and and for those of you who have lived in warm weather all of your life, I have not, <laughs> but I, I am never moving back north. Uh, Stephanie has these uh, little vignette videos, and she she does some work with the local uh, TV station, and and uh, does also some radio locally. And she's got these little vignette videos that she's got on her site, and you know you have to sit uh, and, and let it. Uh, cycle through a, a bit until you see the ones of her out in the snow <laughs> talking to the camera and I saw those and, and it reminded me of my days living in Wisconsin and and how much I hate the snow <laughs> but I was so amazed at the energy that that you brought to the camera and you talk about things like money and marriage agreeing to disagree dealing with difficult people uh need more energy and they you know if you need a shot in the arm just go to Stephanie's website which is yourlifeunlimited.ca for Canada and right on the home page these little vignette videos are there and just you know get a little uh Get a little shot of Stephanie from from time to time, and you know I think you can tell from from these titles of of the different um, vignettes that she does in the video and and the chapters from the book. Uh, Life's a beach. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Make room for uh, for Crystal, or a crystal clear yes. Take my money. I insist. One more thing. Um, Mud on my soul. Surprise, surprise, surprise. So these are just uh, some of the other chapters in The Reinvention Begins. And then part three of the book is all about Your Life Unlimited, which has actually become your brand. So so tell us a little bit about that and, and the kinds of things that we really need uh, to consider once we've taken stock of, of uh, you know where we are and where we're going. Well, first of all, let me say thank you very much for choosing me out of 400 people. I'm very flattered. <laughs> and uh, and then it was very very cold in those videos. It was I swear whenever we do them, it's like the coldest days ever. It's like do we, it looks the, cold. The I get cold shiny, watching you, <laughs> but it's like minus forty. I swear it's terrible. But anyway, it's uh, it's always you know I'm just so passionate about getting my message out, which is exactly like you said, your life unlimited. Because really, what are the options? Like, would you rather live your life limited and when I talk about, you know, the reinvention, like that's how it was before for me. It was I was so limited, and I had the same, you know, great husband and great kids and great everything was great, but I just I didn't see it and I didn't fully appreciate um, what I had and I wasn't living life with with this passion that I hope you hear and and with full gusto and you know being able to um, just live an inspired life and and. Uh, I love it now, and so I feel like I have found the secret sauce. I feel like I have found the pot of gold, and it's no good if you can't share it with anybody, right? If I have it, nobody knows. So you know, I'm always <laughs> right. looking for, for more creative ways to, to share it with the world and because it, it works. And, and what it is is this. It is personal growth, and that is the essence of my brand. So sometimes they package it as work-life balance. Sometimes they package it as stress management. Sometimes they package it as wellness. I never even use any of those words, but everything that I talk about weaves through all those things. What I am talking about is personal growth. It's spending 
1% of your day working on you. You know, like that's like 13 minutes of your day just focusing on you. It's about working harder on yourself than on anything else. No excuses. No excuses. We're all busy. We all have stuff. We all have obligations. We all have the same list and itinerary of stuff to do. But nothing, I believe, is more important than your own personal growth. It will enrich your significant relationships. It will enrich your children's life. It will enrich your professional life. It will enrich your community. It will enrich everything you touch. But it doesn't just happen magically. You need to be focused, you need to be purposeful, you need to be deliberate, you need to be intentional. You need to set your mindset, and that's the the subtitle of the book, is called Creating a Mindset for Uncommon Success. And what I think uncommon success is, is not that unattainable, you know, uh, $5 million income or, or whatever seems, you know, whatever the typical type of success or prestige or letters after your name. You know, it's just being happy and healthy and appreciative of what you have. It's appreciating where you are now and understanding that you always have the opportunity for something more. We all have the opportunity for something more. And we can list all the excuses why we can't get it or we can just shut up, you know, focus on what we want and go. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. And, you know, I mean, I'm speaking to myself when I say all of this, of course, because... You know, I, I've been, here we are, what is this? This is the end of July. And, you know, I joined the health club in January. You know, I joined Weight Watchers in whatever it was, March. And, and here I still sit, you know, wanting to make a difference just in how I feel and how I sleep and, and you know, so that I can stop snoring so my husband can sleep and all of these things. And, you know, I, I thought if I would just, take my own iTunes channel because we have got over 400 amazing interviews with people just like you that we've done over the course of the last four years. In fact, next week, uh, and if if, uh, Patty, my executive producer, is listening, next week is our four-year anniversary of the Executive Girlfriends Group on National Girlfriends Day here in the U.S., which, Stephanie, I didn't even know there was a National Girlfriends Day, but is it not so funny that I launched this organization on that day. That's but awesome. you know, if if I would just put my headset on and take my iPad or my uh, iPhone out and just walk and listen to my own stuff. <laughs> well, that's a, but that's exactly what we talked about. You can listen till the cows come home. But here's my challenge to you. Then. No, but I mean, go out and walk and do it. Oh, then I would be getting thirty walking. minutes of walking. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, then do that. I will hold you accountable. Well, that's what I need, you know, and I think it's so funny, and and that's I love your, work. well, it it is, and I love your tagline with you know engage, empower, enrich, uh, because you know we can know all the right things to do, but you know what we just talked about is the most important thing, and that is having that accountability group, and you talked about it with writing your book, mm-hmm. but just in life of people who will hold us accountable to what is good for us and and to not let us just bellyache about, you know, I, I don't have the time. And, and I love your 13 minutes a day, and, and that's what caused me to push, you know, a little bit beyond that because most of our shows are 30 minutes, some are 45 minutes, uh, depending on the platform. But, um, you know, I just thought about how much I could just invest in myself 
And, well, you know what and, I think uh, with, with all this information people have, and no shortage of information, everybody knows what to do, um, but we get overwhelmed. So when we're overwhelmed, we end up doing nothing. But right. something is better than nothing, right? Yes. So start, you know, with 13 minutes. And 13 of minutes is better than 30. <laughs> but if I tell you to take an hour, you're going to be like, oh, I don't have an hour of stuff. You know, we can't take an hour. Are you kidding? But if I tell you 13 <laughs> minutes, you know what? Maybe you'll go, you know what? I'm going to set the buzzer for 13 minutes. I'm going to lock myself in the bathroom. You know, right. and and I'm going to read. I'm going to read this book, or I'm going to do whatever it is I want to do. Um, something is better than nothing. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Stephanie, I have so enjoyed uh, talking to you, and uh, you know the the book. In fact, I just downloaded it to my uh, to my iPad and my iPod, so that I would be able to have it with me wherever I am because I, I love your stories. And uh, as I said, I, I just so enjoy the vignettes on your website. The book again is called When Enlightening. Strikes, creating a mindset for uncommon success. And it has got the most amazing cover that has a light bulb that has a date, well, actually a field of daisies uh, inside of it. And and it just, uh, you can't help but uh, be lifted up just by looking at that picture. I think it would be really tough to, uh, if you were depressed, to look at that and to remain depressed. Um, but definitely get a hold of Stephanie's book. Uh, so much practical information about uh, just getting getting out of a rut. And and I know Stephanie, that that isn't how you uh, uh, started this call. But I, you know, I think so many of us are in that rut of being so busy. And and you know, the busyness doesn't serve us. It just gives us something to complain about in oh, most man. cases. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much, and I just hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. But before I let you go, would you please let people know the best way, uh, and I'll just say to follow you because I'm assuming that you are on social media. Um, I, as I mentioned, you do have your website, yourlifeunlimited.ca. Is is there uh, another way that, that people should follow you, or can they get to everything from there? Um, from yourlifeunlimited.ca, you can get to everything, but my Facebook is, is Your Life Unlimited. Everything is kind of branded, as you said, that way. And um, and even I don't mind having people on my personal pages, Stephanie Staples as well. It's all it's all good there. The book is available on Amazon if you want the e-book. If you want the real book, it's yourlifeunlimited.ca. And um, if you want to sign up for my newsletter, some, just a monthly kind of kick in the you-know-where, I'm happy to happy to grow the community because I find some of the the most brilliant things come from the community members, as I'm sure you find as well. Um, yes. So yeah, I love to have you on board. Always wanting to connect with more positive, like-minded people. Well, thank terrific. you so much. And congratulations on your success with your show and your anniversary. That's awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Stephanie. All right, well, have a great weekend. And for those of you who are uh, not with the Executive Girlfriends Group, if there is anything you would like to know about our organization, www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. And for those who are members, we do also have Stephanie's book uh, available on our Executive Girlfriends Group bookstore. Again, the book is When Enlightening Strikes, Creating a Mindset for Uncommon Success, and the author is Stephanie Staples. Stephanie, have a great weekend, and I will uh, be accountable to you soon. Excellent. Good luck. Keep Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.